0: Hello, hello. How are we doing this morning? Good, good. Um, we are the Barrick family. Uh, we are so excited to be here uh, with you all. Thank you for allowing us to come and speak. And uh, in that video, obviously, that's a little bit of our story. Um, and we just want to be really transparent with you guys and really real that, you know, we are not some dynamic speakers. We are just a normal family. So if you're like, what does this family have to say that, you know, we couldn't say, that's, it's nothing. I mean, we're just just we're all just normal up here so um we just want to be really real with you guys and as you listen to our story um we're not here to to put our story on a pedestal we're here so you guys can think about your own story and knowing that you know in this life it's all of us taking our stories to impact the world amen uh, in our own circles and so we are pumped to be here happy birthday happy pastor ed And, <laughs> and actually is my birthday so as well birthday. <laughs> no stop We're actually the biggest birthday um, blessing for Pastor Ed because he scheduled it perfectly. What you didn't know is, so he was able to watch football all day yesterday and not plan to to preach today. So, I mean, happy birthday with that, but there we go, same age, crazy. I just have a little more hair, but I'm just, all right, all right, I'm going to pray to open us up and then uh, we'll begin. Father God, we just humbly bow before you, just want to. Thank you for this church family, Father God. Just thank you that it really does embody that word family. Um, as I stand here, I can just feel um, the presence of you. I can just feel just the love and the, and the care that these people have for each other, Father. I pray, Lord, that we all will be uh, lifted up today, edified in your name, uh, to go out and to reach our communities for you, to go out and to use our, our stories, our pains, uh, our struggles, um, and have the right perspective to... Uh, change that to bring people uh, to your loving um, knowledge of you, Father God. And so we just pray, Lord, that you will just bring the walls down in here, um, that you will just allow people not to be distracted, and that we will all just uh, turn our eyes to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: We are so excited to be here, and I just want to thank so many of you in this room that have prayed for Jen over the years. God keeps healing her in ways that are unexplainable. And we just want to encourage you today, if you've walked in this room with something huge, maybe you're going through something painful, that God loves you so much, and he delights in doing the impossible. Doctors said Jen would never walk or talk again, and we're here to just say God still does miracles, and he can do them in your life as well. Jen's memory, her short-term memory, um, she didn't have for a long time, and now she's doing so much better, and it still kind of comes and goes, and so you'll see I'm going to give her cues, and uh, we never know what she's going to say for sure, so it's a great adventure. (laughs) And when she prays, it's so powerful because the Holy Spirit just gives her the words and the moment. Yes. Um, and Jen just has this overflowing joy, this contagious joy. She has no regrets. If you say, Jen, what did you do last week? What will you say? Oh, I had a great day. <laughs> <laughs> and she has no fear of the future. She just trusts God for today. But as her mom, there are so many days that I struggle and I wrestle with God. And what will you tell me? I
2: tell my mom that she just needs a brain injury. <laughs> I tell her that she just needs to let go and trust God because he has it all under
1: control. Yeah. She'll say to me, Mom, your problem is that your brain gets in the way and you think way too much. And you need to let go and trust God. Yes. And so today I pray that all of us would learn how to just let go and trust our yes. heavenly daddy. Mm-hmm. Um. We were hit by a drunk driver, it's been 13 years ago. And it was on the way home from church and we didn't see him coming, he was running from the police. And in one second, our life changed forever. Our whole family was in the vehicle and we were scattered to four different hospitals within hours of each other. And Jennifer um, suffered a global traumatic brain injury. And she was a Glasgow scale of three at the wreck. And dead people are three. And no one thought that she would live through the night. And we just prayed and prayed and begged God to, to save her. And then she was in a coma for five, um, for five weeks. And doctors said she'll never wake up. And Andy and I were in wheelchairs, our bodies were crushed, and Josh was 11, pushing us around, and um, we were next to Jen's bed at the hospital, and she started to emerge from this coma, and she had no control of her arms and her legs, and she's thrashing around, and she's just moaning in pain, and she's in this bed that has a tent, and it's like zipped up like a tent around her to keep her from falling on the ground. And as she's trying to wake up, she's moaning in pain and we're trying to communicate with her, but we can't understand her. And all of a sudden, she started talking to Jesus. And it was this uninjured voice and we could hear her and understand her. And it was almost as if she was in God's throne room. And she was just thrashing around on her stomach and she's saying, Lord, should I go or should I stay? What would you have me do? And as she's rolling around, she's saying, okay, Lord, I'll do it. But there aren't words to describe you. You'll have to write them down. And it was unbelievable because she had so much pain. Um, We would bring in the Wow Worship CD and she could sing all 22 songs word for word on that Wow Worship CD. And yet the doctors would come in and they'd say, Jen, raise your right arm. And she could not do it. She could not follow a verbal command. She couldn't sit up. At first she didn't know her name. She didn't know she had a brother. But she knew Jesus. Jesus. And she would just light up and glow when she talked about him. And we saw two sides to Jen. Her mind and her body that was so broken. And yet the Holy Spirit was alive and perfect inside of her. And did you know the moment you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, his Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you? And it doesn't matter how broken you feel or messed up. Maybe you've made wrong choices. We're all broken in different ways. But if we know Jesus, his spirit is perfect and whole inside of us. Um, There's one story that changed my life forever uh, in the hospital. And I promised God I would always tell it. It was Christmas time and Jen was still at the hospital and a lift would put her in the wheelchair. And she was kicking and thrashing. My friend Pam Foster was there, and she's on the ground, and um, she's rubbing Jen's feet to keep Jen from thrashing. And I'm still in my wheelchair, and since it's Christmas, I said, well, let's sing Silent Night. That'll calm her down. And we start singing Silent Night, and in the middle, Jen stops kicking and thrashing her neck, and she's just looking up at the left, and at the end, she goes, hey! And I looked at her and I said, Jen, do you see Jesus? And she said, yes, don't you see him? He is standing right beside me. And that moment changed forever how I viewed God. We think of God as being so far away that he's untouchable. And yet he was so close to Jen when she was so broken. And Jen was completely blind at this time. She could not look at me and know I was her mom. And yet Jesus made himself so real to her. And tell them how you like to view Jesus. Well, yes, I love to view
2: Jesus as my escort. Because I love how the Bible promises that once we have invited the Lord into our life and into our hearts to be our personal Savior, how God promises to never leave us or forsake us. So I love just to visualize, you know, Jesus being my escort and holding my hand, uh, carrying me on the hard days. The same for you guys. If you have invited the Lord into your heart and into your life, you are never alone. Yeah,
1: We love the verse, Isaiah 41:13. And it says, for I, can you quote it?
2: For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your
1: right hand and says, do not fear, I will help you.
2: Yeah.
1: I love that visual. Um, before the wreck, Jen was a completely different personality. Yeah. Um, her brain injury totally changed <laughs> her. She had journals hidden all over her yeah. room where she was begging God for boldness. She was 15 and she was a soccer player and a cheerleader and... Um, had lots of friends, but she, in her journal, she said, Lord, I want to make a difference yeah. in the world. And I know it's going to take boldness, and I want to be able to pray out loud like my little brother. And um, she wrote a journal two, two and a half months before the wreck, and I think you can quote it, Anything is Possible.
2: Yes, I titled it, Anything is Possible with You. And I said, Wow, Lord, it's crazy how time flies. And it's your father. I don't want to blend in. Because I know that I was born to stand out. To stand alone, maybe, if that's what it takes. This life that I now live is not mine, but yours. It's yours to do with as you please. So pretty much, Father, I'm just begging you to take this year and my life and to please allow your glory to shine. Take it, Father, and use it to its fullest potential.
1: And she signed it, your faithful servant, Jen. And you know now with the brain injury, she's totally uninhibited. She shares Jesus everywhere she goes because she doesn't care what anybody thinks about her. She says, we know the secret. Why wouldn't we share it? She has that boldness. When she was waking up in the hospital, um, they would ask her every day, why are you here? They would say, you've been in a wreck. And then they'd say, why are you here? And what would you say? Share my testimony. <laughs> she say, to share my testimony. Yep. <laughs> and she couldn't read. She had cortical blindness, mm-hmm. but she could write. And every day when she came home, she would write out these prayers to God, and she calls him Daddy. Even if you don't have an earthly father you can trust, you have a heavenly yes. Daddy who will never leave you, never disappoint you. And she would write, her words were like this big, but she would write, Daddy, I know that together the two of us can change the world. And she would circle around the kitchen and say, I'm going to have a ministry to the world. And I'm in my wheelchair, and I'm like, Jen, you're crazy. I mean, you can't even find the bathroom. How are you going to have a ministry to the world? And do you know, um, just this last couple months, um, somebody is taking her prayer book. And printing it in Spanish in the country of Colombia, And they are going to hand out 100,000 copies to kids all over Latin and Central America who are sex trafficked and hurting and broken. God is fulfilling that dream he put in her heart. If God puts a dream in your heart, he's going to make it happen. You just have to surrender to him. Um... I was thinking, God's allowed our family to have a ministry because one little 15-year-old girl said, Lord, here am I, use me. What if every one of you in this room said, Lord, use me? And what if we believed that he could? A few years ago, we were um, in New York City, and Jen and I had the privilege of speaking at the Brooklyn Tabernacle to a bunch of pastors at a prayer conference. And we didn't know it, but Jen was praying secretly. Yes. That we, what were you praying? We,
2: well, I was just praying that we'd get in the right
1: cab and that, you know, he would know. God it. would protect yes, us. protect us. So our friend Pam was with us again, and we get in this cab. And how many of you have been to New York City? Raise your hand. Okay, good. So you know how it is crazy with all the oh, yellow yeah. taxi cars. <laughs> so we get in, and the cab driver does something that probably no cab driver has ever done. He hands me this big, old-fashioned big. GPS. And he wants me to type in our address for our hotel. And I said, sir, we are staying at Times Square. Everyone knows where Times Square is. And he's like, no, punch in your address. So I'm getting nervous, and I'm (laughs) punching the buttons wrong. And um, he thinks I don't know how to spell. He's telling mom how to spell New York, N-E-W. And and meanwhile, somebody calls him, and he has a headset on, and he's speaking in another language. And I thought, oh, no. Here it is. He's saying I'm bringing him to the warehouse, and I'm going to kill him (laughs) now. And I turn around, and um, I look at Jen in the back, and she's just glowing, and she's looking out the window. And I thought, oh, good. Pam and I are safe because we're with Jen. (laughs) And God's going to protect her. And then the cab driver said to me, why are you here? And I said, well, we were in a wreck, and Jen was basically dead. And the power of prayer saved her life and we're here to speak about the power of prayer and that God is real and he took his finger and while he's driving he stuck it in my face and he said you mean to tell me that you know God how long were you going to wait before you told me about God I need God I need I have goosebumps just thinking about it. I will never forget those words. How long were you going to wait? So often we don't share Jesus with people because we don't want to offend somebody. And yet there are people in your path every day that are desperate to know that somebody loves them. They're desperate to know um, that they could have a savior that would forgive them. And I just want to encourage you today. How many of you are alive? Raise your hand. If you are alive, God is not done using you on this earth. Mm -hmm. I believe the moment we accepted Christ, he'd take us to heaven. But he leaves us here because he wants us to bring more people with us. He wants us to share Jesus. And every one of you in this room has a story that we don't have. You could reach someone that we could never reach. Mm-hmm. Jen, what do you tell me all the time when we get to heaven? What's God going to say? I believe God's going to ask us, you know, what did you do with the
2: story that I gave you? Was it all about you or was it all about me? And
1: who did you bring with you? Yeah. Um, about six years ago, Jennifer was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And we found out that it was from all the CT scans that are on her head. And again, as her mom, I just went to a really dark place. And I was so angry. Because I felt like she was still suffering because of the sin of someone else. And maybe you're sitting here today and you feel like you suffer because of the poor choices of someone else. Maybe a family member or a parent. And I just want to encourage you. There were days when I would say, Lord, have you been good to my family? Do you love me? And then I realized, where else can I go? Jesus is the only answer. And his word is true, and you can cling to it. Mm -hmm. And if God allows you to go through something hard, he is going to use you in far Far greater ways. Did you know your pain puts you face-to-face with someone else who's in pain, and it makes you passionate to help others? It gives you a purpose. When Jen found out that she had cancer, what did you say?
2: I said, well, God's just going to expand my ministry, and I'm going to hand out my prayer book to all my nurses and all my doctors. And yep. so
1: that's what she did. Yeah. <laughs> and then a couple years later, we got to speak at a church yes. right by the cancer center. And you met a little lady that was bald with a little baseball cap. Yep. And Bright her name was Florence. Caps. Yep.
2: Yep. Florence uh, came running up to us afterwards. And um, she shared with us that she was cancer free. So we, of course, rejoiced with her. And then she uh, pulled out of her purse. It um, was all tattered and, like, worn. It was my prayer book. And she said, Jen, you know, one of my nurses uh, gave me your prayer book. And I've been reading your prayers every day. I hope that's okay. And I even prayed the salvation prayer in the
1: back. And she said, I think it took. <laughs> uh-huh. And then um, a few months later, we got an email, and Florence had passed away. Yes. Mm-hmm. And immediately I said, oh, we thought that she was healed.
2: And what did you say? She is. <laughs> She's in heaven dancing on the
1: streets of gold. She is. Yeah. Jen's earthly fact was that she had thyroid cancer. We all have earthly facts yes. in this room that we don't yes. like or wish we could change. Yes. But the heavenly reality is Jen had cancer at just the right time. Yes. And now Florence is in heaven for all of eternity. What if your pain put you face to face with someone else who's in pain? And what if you share Jesus with them? It gives you a purpose far greater than yourself. When Jen had the thyroid cancer, she also said, God wants me to write a letter to Corey, the drunk driver, and tell him that I forgive him. He's still being cared for 24 hours a day at a medical center. And um, can you read the letter?
2: So yes, I wrote The
1: Drunk Driver. Dear Corey, my name is
2: Jennifer Barrick. I don't know if you know who I am, but I am a girl who prays for you every day. I am asking God to heal you so that you can talk and walk again. I have a brain injury because you were drinking and driving, and I have suffered a lot too. But I like to think that God has remodeled me it has made me better. Even though I have disabilities and struggle every day, God is using me in ways I never dreamed possible for his glory. I want you to know that I have forgiven you, not in my own strength, but in God's strength. I can't explain it, but God has given me a special love for you. I will continue to pray for you daily. Today, Lord, I choose to forgive Corey, just like you forgave me. Thank you for second chances.
0: Yeah, Yeah, forgiveness uh, was a huge lesson that myself uh, and our our whole family had to, to learn. And so, you know, just to kind of, you know, keep you guys on track with the thought process. I know at the beginning we said, you know, we all have a story. We've all been through something hard. I love when mom says, you know, your pain puts you face to face with somebody else uh, who's been through something as hard, if not harder than, than you. Whoa. Um, it's running away. Um, but then what keeps us from sharing that? Because there is something that you know you can help them, but sometimes, you know, you haven't been fully healed first. And, and I believe one of the biggest things that keeps us from sharing our story, from making an impact, is an unforgiving heart. And listening to Jen say that, that is her heart. And for me, it was, it was harder to forgive. Uh, you know, speaking to the men, you know, these are the girls of the family. Like, you don't mess with the girls. You can mess with me. I'll brush it off, whatever. I think I'm manly enough. But you mess with the girls, I'm about to knock your head off. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I know the guys can relate with that. So there was just a lot more struggles that went with that. And I recognized that it was this unforgiving heart that was inside of me. And, uh, and forgiveness is not a hard concept to understand, but it is so hard to do, right? And so I want you guys to think in your own situation and be truthful and say, you know, have I really forgiven because I know you guys have been walking through Ephesians with Pastor Ed and talking about, you know, your new identity, and, and obviously we all know once you would invite Christ in your life, then you begin to form a new identity, but Paul, and I'm not trying to skip ahead of the series, Pastor Ed, but uh, the the verse that God brought to me was in Ephesians 4, and it's 31 through 32, and when Paul's talking about a new identity, he he puts in this piece of forgiveness that says, ah you know before you can act in love before you can really put on the full armor of god which are the chapters after you know you kind of have to do this thing called forgiveness first and why is that you may say oh like why do we need to do that and paul lays it out he says get rid of all bitterness rage and anger and harsh words and slander as well as all types of malicious behavior instead be kind to each other tender hearted forgiving one another just as god through christ has forgiven you. And I don't know if you heard those words at the beginning, but bitterness, rage and anger, harsh words and slander. And those are the attributes of an unforgiving heart. And I say all the time, how many of you leave your friends and say, man, they are so bitter. I just love being with them. Or like, man, like ladies, you don't leave your friend's house and say, oh, she's so malicious. She spews malice all over me. It's great. Like we have a great time. I can't wait to go back over there like, no. Like, we would never want to associate ourselves with those words. But when we harbor an unforgiving heart, those are the attributes that, that we possess. And God's saying, hey, I've given you this story. Yes, it's been hard. Yes, it's maybe unfair. But in order for me to use it, you have to surrender and forgiveness can't happen on our own strength. Maybe you've been there where you've tried and tried and you're like, I can't, I can't do this on my own. That's where I got to and that's where God's saying, finally. Because the point is, is you can. Surrender it. Give it up. We like to say you take it off your hook and give it to God and say, God, you know, I'm done worrying about this. One, I want to be used by you. Two, you forgive for your own freedom. I want to be free of this. So today as you sit there, I'm saying this because it was a struggle of mine, not because I'm great at forgiving. The funny thing about forgiveness, no matter how many, how many much times whoa, how many times you forgive, it doesn't get any easier. So maybe you're sitting there today and you're like, man, you know, he's right. I just encourage you to do that and to get rid of that bitterness that is, that is really weighing and holding you down.
1: Thanks, Josh. Mm -hmm. I love, sometimes Josh will say he had to stop asking why, why, and start saying what. What? Like, open his hand and say, Lord, it's happened. I can't change it. What do you want me to do with it? Jennifer, uh, a while ago, you were looking in the mirror, and what were you doing?
2: I I was counting my scars. I just wanted to know how many I had. And it was really cool, because when I found out the number, God just spoke to my heart and I could hear him saying, you know, Jen, when I look at you, I don't think, oh, you're the girl with all these scars. No, when I look at you, I just, I see that you were worth it. You are beautiful. You are priceless. You are mine. And I just want to encourage everyone here with that because, you know, God, God knows life is hard and God knows we all have different scars, but, you know, they, they don't, define us God you know our scars shout to others that he is real He is real. and so what do we call our scars oh, yes now? sorry so yes we say we don't have scars but we have beauty marks of God's faithfulness yeah
1: a scar is evidence that you've been wounded yes and everyone in this room even if you don't have physical scars you have emotional scars we all do And those can be the most painful of all because they're hidden deep in your heart and no one knows. But the good news is that Jesus is the healer, the Jehovah Rapha, and he can mend our wounded hearts stitch by stitch. Mm -hmm. And Jen, you said to me, someone else has scars. Mm -hmm.
2: Jesus, yes. And Jesus chose to keep his scars from dying on the cross. And, you know, I believe he did that because you know, they shout to us, I love you, you are worth it. And then I would go to the cross all over again just to have a personal, intimate love relationship with you. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Jesus
1: wants to be our best friend, our everything. Yeah. Jen, you wrote a journal after your brain injury about God's love. Oh, yeah. And Jen wants everyone to know today how much God yes. loves you. And it starts with, um, I know life can be confusing. Yes,
2: I wrote, I know life can be confusing at times. It can be unfair and painful, but God loves everything about you. He created you, and he takes great delight in you. There is nothing that you can do to make God love you any more or any less than he does right now. He loved you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross and to pay the penalty for your sins. It is as simple as realizing your need for a savior. I can't do it on my own, and neither can you. God wants to come to your rescue. You know, God doesn't force us to love him. Because if he did, it wouldn't be real love. He gives us a choice. God longs for a personal, intimate love relationship with you. He wants to be your healer, deliverer, shield and defense, strong power, and your best friend. Mm,
3: yes. Jen actually wrote that journal after her traumatic brain injury. And I think it's so profound where she said, God doesn't force us to love him. He gives each one of us a choice. You know, I do believe that Jen, when she was in the coma, I believe... She was in the throne room of God Almighty. I don't know how, as her dad. I don't make any wild claims. But I do believe she got a glimpse of God. My question is, what if we all got a glimpse of God Almighty? Would we live our lives differently? People ask me all the time, why does Jen have this joy? Why is she not fearful? I said, because I think she got a glimpse. She knows this isn't our home. She knows we're just passing through. She can't wait to see her Savior face to face one day, and then there is no more tears. There's no more crying, there's no more pain, there's no more death. The former things are gone. What if we all got a glimpse of him? I want to take us quickly to Isaiah 6. If you do have your Bibles, I'd invite you to turn there. I'm not going to read the whole passage. I'm going to skip down to verse 5. Usually I read verses 1 through 8, but I'm going to go right to verse 5. You know, in this passage, Isaiah says that the seraphim are crying out, Holy, holy, holy. They've been doing it for all of eternity. And then Isaiah says, Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. I'm a sinful man. I'm a scarred man, I've made bad choices, I've made dumb decisions in my life, I'm sinful. And I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Can you imagine this? If we just went up and got a glimpse... Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar, and with it he touched my mouth and said, And if you have a pen, I would encourage you to underline this if you have your Bible. If not, after the service today when you go home, I'd read this passage again because it gives us all hope. Who needs a little hope today? Anybody? This passage gives hope. And with it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Underline and circle this next phrase. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Because of what Jesus did on the cross for each one of us, our guilt can be taken away and our sin because we're all sinners, we're all in this together, Scripture says that everyone has sinned. But because of what Jesus did, our guilt's taken away and our sin fully atoned for. Wow, that gives us hope. Do you know we don't have to live defeated or depressed or discouraged? We don't have to believe the lies of Satan. We really don't. Our dumb choices, our sin is fully atoned for if we accept what Jesus did on the cross. I love that. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, This is verse eight, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us, the Trinity? I mean, I think these are questions for us today, for you and for me. Who will go for us? Whom shall I send? And Isaiah said, here am I, send me. You know, I believe if we went into the throne room of God Almighty and he asked us that question, we'd be like, I'll go, without hesitation, We'd realize this isn't it. We w- we would realize the circumstances that we're in, the struggles we go through on this earth. It's not everything. God used me for Your glory. God used me in spite of my brokenness. There's a gentleman in our hometown who works at the Walmart. And I take Jen in there and we shop and it takes a couple hours literally to get through shopping because people run up to Jen and they say, Jen, will you pray for me? Will you pray for my son who's walked away from the Lord? And there we are in the bread aisle. Jen's praying down heaven over someone. (laughs) Literally. Well, there's this one gentleman who's been watching Jen. Jen. One day she walked up and she said, "Sir, my name is Jen. Do you know Jesus?" And I kid you not, he looked at Jen and he said, "Jen, I don't know Jesus, but I know where I'm going, and I'm going to hell." He said, "I'm going to hell." God can't love me. I've done too many bad things in my life. (laughs) A week later, Jen went back into that Walmart with her book, Miracle for Jen, and she said, Sir, will you read my story? He looked at her and he said, Jen, I'm not going to read it unless you sign something. And she signed a few sentences to him and with tears streaming down his face he pulled Jen close and he kissed her on the cheek and he said Jen I promise to read your story do you know that gentleman doesn't have to die and go to hell do you know there's nothing he has done to get outside of the grace and love of Jesus maybe that's you this morning Maybe you think there's no way God can love me. He does. He loves you. He sent his son to die on Calvary for you and for me. It's that simple. The gospel is this, that we all can have hope if we put our trust in Jesus to forgive our sins. He loves you. I'm going to ask that you just bow your heads. Everyone in the room, no one looking around. Maybe that's you, like that guy at Walmart. God can't love me. The Barak family's here to say, God loves you so much. But he's not going to force you to love him. Maybe you want to accept Jesus this morning, and I'm going to just lead in a prayer, and you can pray from your heart to God's heart. Just get real. God, I'm a sinner. I've made dumb choices in my life. God, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus to die on Calvary. He was buried and he rose again and I accept him today as my Lord and Savior to be my escort. Save me today, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. I don't want to do this life on my own anymore. Save me today. If no one looking around, if you prayed a prayer similar to that and you meant it, you meant it from your heart to God's heart. You don't want to do this life on your own anymore. But would you just slip your hand up and say, Jen, I prayed that prayer. I see that hand. See that hand. See that hand. I see that hand. you see that hand in the back. So beautiful. I see that hand. Says that in scripture that all heaven is rejoicing over the decision you just made. You know, if you didn't raise your hand, it's not that's not important. If you prayed in your heart, you're still a child of the king. If you accepted Jesus today, there are prayer, there's a prayer team in the back corner that you can go to, you can pray with them, you can tell Pastor Ed, you know, I accepted Jesus today. I'm not doing this life on my own anymore. Tell someone. It's the most beautiful thing. You're a child of the king. You're a child of the king. You're going to heaven. You're going to see Jesus face to face. He's going to answer all of your questions. Why? He's going to put his arm around you and say, well done. Well done. If everyone would stand with no one looking around, I'm going to ask you one more question. I'd love for you all to stand. We do this everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. Maybe God was speaking to your heart today. You're a believer and you just want God to use you to reach your neighbor, your coworker, the guy at Walmart or wherever you shop. And you're saying, Lord, use me. Listen, guys, our story is our story. I would have done anything to miss him. I didn't even see him. The impact was 125 miles per hour. We should have died instantly. But God left us here to point people to his son. If that's you, God just used me to reach my neighbor. Person I work with, will you slip your hand up? God use me. If you're a believer, there are hands going up everywhere. Why wouldn't you want God to use you to reach those around you? Doesn't mean you're gonna get run over by a drunk driver. God just used me. It's beautiful. If you put your hand up, I'm just gonna ask you to do something bold, and I don't know how you do it here. At Church on the Trail, and I really don't care. I want you to step out because I want Jen to pray over you. Come forward if you have your hand. God use me. Hey, if you raised your hand, come on down. God use me. Do you know church on the trail could just set this Columbus on fire? You got a building project that you're working on, you're gonna have a new campus. Man, you can just set Columbus on fire. I would have done anything to miss him. You gotta understand it. It's God's plan. I would have done anything. But you know thousands of people have come to know Jesus? If you're going through something hard, if you've gone through something hard, I just want to encourage you to hold on. Take one more step with him. Claim his promises. He will not fail you or forsake you. God, use me. Jen, would you pray over everyone?
2: jesus 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 Mm. we just we praise you (laughs) thank you for meeting here with us today (laughs) and thank you how with you all things are possible lord jesus (laughs) we are stepping out of the boat today and we are meeting you on the water lord jesus thank you that our past doesn't define us Mm, Our identity is anchored in you and in who you are. So we are reaching towards you today (laughs) with our our eyes fixed on you and you alone. (laughs) Mm. Thank you, Lord, for how you define us. And so, Lord Jesus, we just want to pray that you fill every life here today. Just with your hopes, with your dreams, with your vision and excitement for the future. And Lord Jesus, I I, I do believe that, that we can be modern ambassadors for you. (laughs) Yes, in the Walmart, um, wherever it may be, Lord Jesus. So Lord, I just want to pray that you'd encourage every heart here today. And just help them to know that you see them and that you are going to use them for a time such as this. So, Lord Jesus, we praise you. And we fix our eyes on you and you alone. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can walk on water with you. That we can be overcomers just because you modeled that and you overcame everything. So, Lord Jesus. We fix our eyes on you, our true hope this day. And, Daddy, we can't wait to be a part of all that you have in store. We praise you, Holy One, that with you, (laughs) the best is yet to come. In your name, Lord Jesus,
3: amen.